Like I always like it when bands go out there and um, with a political message because I think it's yeah it's it's important to be a part of it also with the music. Music is in the end is something that suddenly in our lives help us to get in touch with this little ball inside with whichever color it is. I think if we could we would whatever we're doing is exactly what we should be doing. So if you are uncomfortable and you think that you should be somebody else, then then you will be someone else. I think wasting time is a great thing to do as well. And being in the moment and um, daring steps that you haven't done before, that is exactly what we're talking about in that context. So that is the perfect training, yeah, because you risk something and you might just... Um, If you have a great moment, then it might just work out beautifully and you might enter spaces that you haven't before. And, you know, if it doesn't, it can fail. So, yeah. Some certain awakening is coming also through technological age, which I guess is the advantage of having access to much more information and being much more connected to people that we would have never otherwise been connected. So I think, yeah, music is a very positive um, contribution to society facing all these issues in general. Yeah. This is Intuba Wild. In my studio van and with my tuba, I travel around Europe to meet musicians and create new pieces of music and have conversations about music, society and life. In Vienna, my goal was to bring together two musicians who otherwise wouldn't have worked together. There, it was quite hard to find two musicians who were open to risk the concept of getting to know each other in the process of recording a song together, without knowing the outcome before. At one evening, I went to the late-night Liederabend, where classical music is performed together with singer-songwriter and improvised music in the upper floor of a bar. There, I met Sabina. She's a classical piano player, and in this evening, she played the opening song, which is a tradition for the Liederabend. It's the Trinklied. A drinking song. When I asked her to be part of Intuba Wild, she was very open to the idea and said yes in the first moment. Later she had to think about it once more, but finally she was in and very committed to make the project happen with all her many connections and ideas. Sabina is a classical concert pianist. She was born into a family of musicians in Baku in Azerbaijan, but she grew up in Turkey. She studied in Istanbul and in Vienna, where she's living now. But she doesn't only play music, but also is a producer of films and music videos and an illustrator and also an entrepreneur for a music app. Andy is a jazz guitar player. He's natively from Tyrol and now also living in Vienna. Andy is a jazz guitar player. He's natively from Tyrol. What's special about his way of living music is that he's always searching for the conversion of traditional concepts into something other. One article describes it as jazz-centric genre hopping. The first music of him I listened to was some dark, electronic, kind of experimental hip-hop music. But also he plays quite traditional jazz. In the interview you will find out how the session was for each of us. We talked about improvisation and creative overload, about what role music played in our childhood and about the difference of music that is just for the moment and music that lasts eternal. We learned what most of the problems of our society have to do with a little ball inside each of us. And we will listen why Sabina found that one of my questions was irrelevant to everything. Let's go to Vienna.
we are now in Vienna and yesterday we had the problem that we didn't find the room with the piano to do the session. So we decided to have whole Vienna as our room and as our instrument. Do you think the experiment worked to just open up completely and improvise everything, the whole setting, the whole room, the music, the workflow? What was your impression yesterday and today? Um, I think uh, well, we just heard a little bit of the process today. And after hearing it, I can say, I think it's going really solid into a direction that I absolutely didn't expect because yesterday we collected lots of things and, and uh, you know, unexpectedly we didn't end up being in one place where we worked on the sound rather than, as you said, we were walking around and collecting things. And so it was already unexpected. And then the other unexpected thing was that something so cool and solid can come out of of just a pile of lots of ideas and possibilities. So I think it's absolutely going somewhere good and yeah. becoming something what do you it's think also nice because um when we recorded yesterday it was um little singular moments and now hearing it together how it works together that's a cool moment you know because yesterday it was a little piece there and we recorded a little instrument here and there something else and you put something together now so that's an exciting moment to to hear that for the first time because you don't know if it actually how it goes together. And so I think it sounds good so far. Yeah. I think it was important to have somebody like you who is kind of like the software and we're the samples. And you just had the idea because I think, you know, you worked on it alone. And now to be able to see which direction it really went within such a short time is pretty much like your, your work that really shows very well. Cool. Thank you. Did you have any expectations before starting to listen or even while recording? Or was it just doing and yeah, we, we had the, the click, the um, 128, we said it should be around a 5-4 beat uh, and it should be somewhere around D minor. Um, did you always uh, listen to the single instrument or what you were doing or did you have any context in your mind? I didn't have any context in my mind whatsoever. And I thought that I would come up with something once I can play an instrument that I'm a bit more familiar with, which in this case is a piano. And the moment that I sat in front of it, I was even more lost than I was in, in another, you know, when I was just um, hitting some drumsticks on the walls of Viennese buildings. <laughs> And um, so I would say I actually... So I was a little bit even lost in the thought that how much material there is possible to take and how... I'll, off track I felt and how on track it suddenly appeared to be within a couple of hours on the next day so I didn't have any idea no yeah I also didn't have any expectation the only information we had was tempo and um, a key mm -hmm. so anything in that uh, frame is possible mm -hmm. yeah so that's what that's what I said I mean just recording some um different instruments with no real context. That's a, yeah, a thing I've, I haven't done like this before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's quite exciting. Yeah, um, yeah, it's an improvisation, the, the whole talk. And I, I think the session yesterday, so being around in the city was an improvisation too. Maybe it was the, the 
highest level of music production improvisation because nothing was said. Um, and what, what I so what, what I tried with finding you two to take part in the session was to bring together two people who um, are from different musical contexts. I was surprised how much uh, connection you had. So and then there was this kind of game of uh, finding the, the, the people. Damn. The, the people you, you know, you both know, and also the places you both know and you like. Where did you feel uh, differences in your abilities to play, to create, to improvise, or didn't, didn't it play any role? Uh, I think we are very different in how we approach the situation. Um, I mean, first of all, it, it's, it's um, very cool that we have uh, things in common because we play totally different music, but I think it's quite an exception that um, one from the classical field and one from the more jazz field have a lot of, you know, know the same people and the same mm -hmm. places and stuff like that. I think it's, it's an exception. Mm -hmm. But I guess you have a lot of um, connection points with my scene as well, right? Yeah, of course. And yeah. also, I definitely like using Vienna in all sorts of ways possible because it gives you it it can offer you a lot of things and it's not so big so it's possible to feel how big it is and then you just uh, really uh, uh, point your attention to certain places and then you just end up bumping to the same people all the time mm -hmm. no but I think the difference in how we approached um, the situation was I think you give things more thought in, in, the, in the first step so And I'm I'm just doing whatever, and you know maybe what comes up isn't interesting or whatever. Just uh, keep doing, and I think you give it some thought before you touch anything. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. actually, it's not even some thought, mm -hmm. but I try to kind of um, because it's not a usual practice for me to kind of um, create something in in that given moment whilst I'm surrounded by people when it comes to, let's say, improvising sounds and music, yes? And, and just like a normal classical musician, uh, that phase happens in the privacy of my own solitude. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then whatever I create on stage is a completely different brain part or heart part or the stomach part. Um, but um, I think... Especially what I, I guess, you know, not to generalize, but talk about very a personal, very personal moment is what I already shared with Jonas. I am personally at the moment going through uh, some very major, basic, but very important questions and questionings in myself as a musician. So I'm kind of shifting a lot of things about myself uh, as a musician and also of course questioning lots of walls that are built between different genres of music and trying to push them uh, but you know still I'm doing baby steps but in any case this is why it was also um, interesting for me to be involved and to see my own reactions and uh, yes I was maybe disappointed at some moments or more inspired than others um, but uh, looking at it somehow I guess from a trying to look at it from a new perspective that I don't even know. So I cannot even 
answer probably a question like that yet because uh, it's not an everyday situation for me, not because of this project, but also because I'm not going through an everyday moment in my life at the moment. Um, where were the points you could take a new way of inspiration? Or have there been points yesterday where you thought this a new thought or a new perspective or I want to do this again or... Um, I really have to listen to this music or whatever. I think for me yesterday was more like um, just doing it and not, yeah, I didn't have any any thought or any idea about it. I was just hearing the click mm -hmm. and I, I played what just came to mind in, in that moment rhythmically. It was more like a rhythmical approach for me, I guess, mm -hmm. to, that because we decided to have it in four or five. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty much... Yeah, that was pretty much it for me yesterday. Now that um, there's a layout and there's actually some music um, there, it's a totally different story now. Mm -hmm. Because now it's really about um, putting a piece of music together. Mm -hmm. And it was not like that for me yesterday. Yesterday was just collecting fragments or pieces of a mosaic. Now it's about putting it together And adding on top of it. So mm -hmm. that's a totally different creative process now than it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I liked the time that we spent in the music instrument shop very much. And yeah. I think there was definitely some kind of underlining of already uh, an obvious point, which where one f can find lots of inspiration is that we were surrounded by lots of possibilities of creating sound. And And, you know, one can spend there hours and hours without realizing how much time you can spend there. And we're lucky to have a very uh, kind owner. Um, uh, but I think it's also another inspiration what I got from that experience is that to know to surround myself with as many as possible sound creating devices or any kind of channels that because um, I just really really adds to, one, to one's life and possibilities. So that's where I found inspiration from, maybe not necessarily for the moment, but for my life to see that I can, uh, to, just to surround myself with lots of different. Yeah, I think that was, um, that was one thing that was cool to see how we all were aware of what was surrounding us because we are just in that mode of looking for interesting sounds. So that's, that's very inspiring to have that mindset. Mm -hmm more about okay what do i hear even if it's like construction zone um noise maybe there's something interesting there so that's a different mindset to go through a city obviously you wouldn't normally do that mm -hmm. so it was cool yeah maybe the, the inspiration for me or it just came together from what you said um you too because you can surround yourself with instruments which purpose is to create sounds which are um, there to be perceived as kind of music and we mixed it so then we went outside and we were surrounded by the by the everyday sounds and I think also they can be kind of musical instruments yeah and I had this one moment uh, in the music shop Uh, when I thought maybe this is how Jacob Collier feels in his room, uh, you, you know, Jacob Collier, uh, he's a British musician. Um, he, he's quite young and uh, kind of a musical genius, and he has uh, one room in his um, in the house where he grew up 
with his parents and family. And there are hundreds of musical instruments and microphones and all the stuff. So this uh, was his playground for the whole childhood and even now. Yeah, it's also a very playful approach that he has with music in yeah, general. Yeah, it's very playful. Yeah. So Actually, I... I was also living in a place with also lots of instruments, a, very, a lot of them similar to what we saw in the musical shop. Mm -hmm. And then I actually did put together a track for the game that I was creating, mm -hmm. uh, made out of all of these sounds that we sampled first, and then we I actually would love to show it to you guys later. Yeah, please. Yeah, so I, I, I already like felt the great inspiration that one can have, and it's just never enough. It was a nice reminder. <laughs> is it uh, a difference to to have the musical instruments as a source of inspiration um, or um, to have the everyday surrounding as an inspiration so do you have to put more effort or something to be inspired by what's around you every day it's just a matter of being open for it or not so I think for me usually in an everyday situation I would not be open for it because I have other things in my head. But since this was the purpose of the project, to actively look for sounds or be open for interesting sounds, that just it's just a matter of being open for it, I think. Yeah. Then you can hear a lot of interesting things everywhere. Mm -hmm. I think it's also, I mean, for me especially, even if we would look into the music and if I was uh, conscious or putting effort or not, I see more... Um, Uh, especially in the last years, the music that I listen to and the way I listen to music and the way I play music, you know, actually not just in the recent years, it's always changing. If you, as long as you play, you always change as a musician and as a, as a listener as well. And I think now what I look for in the sounds is different than it was before. And at the, as, as, as I was saying, it always, I guess, changes. But at the moment, what I look for Uh, in sounds and in music is not something that I could get through being aware of sounds that are being produced around me. Mm -hmm. They're a bit different. Uh, but but there are some phases in my life that could be inspired by some people such as Michael Jackson, even, you know, who almost beatboxed every track that he produced or um, always heard sounds from environment and put them together as a famous example, but lots of people also do it like that. And uh, when I'm more into that mood, then I don't need to put an effort. I actually hear lots of things and I hear the beats and I love like very much that how it's just you have the groove inside always and just gets to you but mm -hmm. now I'm I'm not there at the moment mm -hmm. different wave mm -hmm. so I uh, I'm interested in it's not co comparing but putting um, side to side how how you grew up um, in relation to music so how was the um, the, the families you grew up what was the role in music um, played in your childhood Okay, so for me it was um, very important in my childhood. My parents are both um, musical people. My father played um, violin as, as a hobby. And my mom played guitar. She teaches, um, or she was teaching little kids in school, so she always had a guitar and sing songs with them. And they both sang in a choir. And so, and music was quite important at, at my home very much supported so my sister my older sister she plays piano and 
she was practicing since uh, she was six years old. So I always, there was always a part at home. And my brother and I started playing violin when we were six as well. And then moved on to what we play now. So he's a drummer now mm -hmm. and I'm a guitarist. So yeah, music was very big for me at home. Um, both my parents are also pianists and um, I was born in Azerbaijan. So my father was actually a state artist of, the, of Azerbaijan and he was had quite a career in Soviet Union. So I kind of grew up in a family of um, teachers and concert musicians. And then when we moved to Turkey, where I grew up, both my parents built pretty strong, or within the short time that they managed it, uh, strong conservatories in these um, in this country where I studied. So my relationship with my family was always, of course, based around music. They were also my teachers, so there was also like private relationship of of a family. Then work relationship I guess as a student and a teacher and then of course they were administrators in the school so I was kind of the teacher's pet kind of hated kid in the school you were at the source yes and uh, so all of this relationship that was based around music but also had different sides to it such as you know uh, all kinds of great advantages and disadvantages coming my way um, and my sister also finished her degree as a pianist and wow now, really yeah. all pianists yes Crazy. but then she moved to Paris to study jazz but quit and now she's working for the biggest classical channel uh, Medici TV mm -hmm. as a as a production manager. So she's in charge of all the productions that are happening in Medici and she's in touch with all classical world. So she's mm. also in music very much. And she's much. not she into the jazz anymore. world anymore? Or? Not anymore. Okay. Uh, interesting. Uh, that leads to the next question. So what influence of improvisation did you have? Did you improvise all your childhood or how playful was the approach to the instrument? I think... I started playing guitar when I was nine and then it was obviously just about learning songs and um, getting the basics ready. Mm -hmm. So it was not about improvisation yet. But my brother came with um, with a CD of uh, a guy called Karl Ratter. He's a Austrian jazz guitarist. He used to play with Chaka Khan mm -hmm. in the States and he was quite famous and really amazing guitarist. And I think that was my first um, contact with improvised music, with jazz. And then I got into it a little more and more. So then it started playing a really big role. And when I was, um, I was, I was taking um, jazz guitar lessons quite early. I think when I was um, 15. So yeah, by then I was already very much interested in the improvised stuff mm -hmm. yeah more like in a jazz context though not mm -hmm. not everything completely improvised you know improvising over a jazz stand standard for example yeah mm -hmm. did you try to figure out um, how jazz improvisation works before you took lessons or was it you were interested and then you took lessons to go into it mm. I, I, I never thought about it I don't know I think um no probably was just interested and and wanted to to understand how it works 
and then I took lessons. Mm -hmm. A really cool guy in Innsbruck who who was teaching jazz guitar, and he showed me about uh, harmony and about melody and you know scales and chords and all this basic um, stuff that you need for improvising on on jazz. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't have much contact to it, very sadly, even though I always loved the music and I always listened to improvised music and always, but of course definitely always had favorites of different types of jazz as well. And I, uh, it was always in my life, but I was mostly a listener. And some reason, I think it's coming more from my father's education the way that he was educating us and you know being he's he's finished in moscow conservatory and this was all kind of um made in such a way that when you play it all has to be about what you're trying to say and what it is that like like a certain truth that that the composer has found and uh, being a channel for it and so on and so forth um so my main focus was more towards this and I very much regret and I all have I'm paying a big price of not having had this more freedom uh, more free approach to the sound through improvisation which my mom had more but she kind of held it kept it to herself more just for her enjoyment and she just let uh, kind of my dad be the 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 top of the pyramid in the education because of also his career and he was also a little bit older than my mom and I guess she was just being the free-spirited lady who would just, you know, play and change things in the way she liked but she never uh, passed it on to us. She's doing it now but now I also already have kind of my own understanding of it and my own kind of studies of it uh, but I very much regret that it is not talked about more uh, especially in classical education. I'm trying mm. to do everything possible to integrate that more in the ways that I do because I teach and I also was working in a music institution. Um, so it And it's very easy to allow this when musicians, like when kids learn music at the very base. Yeah, for kids that's It's so no simple problem. just yeah. to tell them you are allowed mm. And uh, that's that's all it needs. It doesn't even need like rigorous, uh, disciplined education. Um, so, um, yeah, I didn't have much, unfortunately, much an encounter with it. Would you like to to give it some time? So to I don't know to to take. Uh a year off to go into improvisation or something. So is that uh, a wish? Yes, absolutely. With a great, great pleasure. And especially now that I started to think of um, my life more like chapters rather than a long-term relationship, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently building and cleaning up the, the part where the classical music grew. So I'm just making sure that all the the weeds that were stopping me or, you know, all the fungus that kind of grew in the place where I wasn't looking, just cleaning that up. And at the same time, I wanted to develop myself more in drawing. So this is what I'm currently in this chapter 
I see them more parallel to each other, so I keep them like that. But eventually, absolutely, yes, 100%. And might even not be on the just piano. I used to play the flute and the cello. And um, the strength of uh, being a solo instrument where you lead a line and you don't have to harmonize or be the foundation of the whole uh, musical sound uh, is something that I also want to explore. So absolutely, yes. I look forward to it too. Is, um, I was just wondering if drawing is more like improvising for you. The current technique that I'm learning is very close to classical education okay. of music. Uh, it's, um, it's more about developing uh, the... Some, I, I, I don't know what would be the right word in this context, but I mostly use the word truth, some sort of truth, you know, it's like, it's basically like math where you can find every number under all circumstances, but um, you have to have... For in order for you to reach at four, you have to have two plus two or one plus three. You cannot reach four if you have five plus eight, for example. And this is what I'm studying, what I'm seeing through drawing and from classical mm -hmm. um, education. Certain truth, all truth exists, but it has it has things have to be in the right place for the truth to come. Reaction and reaction to things and so on. So this is, this is what I'm at the moment studying with the, the selective things that I'm reading and, I'm, and the drawing. But there is another type of drawing that I was into, with, which I did for other projects, which is more close to improvising, which I would like to do more, of course, which is the street art that I was... Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to develop myself. That's more like improvising. It's much more colorful and it's much more about the moment mm -hmm. and not the eternity. So that will probably come parallel. Maybe I'll just be doing graffitis as I'm playing some, I don't know, beatboxing mm -hmm. flute or something. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, uh, to pass two of the things uh, you just said uh, to, to Andy. So what do you think about uh, truth being made up by facts? So that's how I understood it. And what do you think about um, that there's a difference between doing a thing for the moment or for eternity in that relation? Mm, I'm not sure what I can say to this. <laughs> <laughs> can you put the question in a different way? Yeah. Or ma maybe I, um, I take the bridge over how I felt with it. Because... Um, it's not about doing it for the eternity. It's about eternal matters and uh -huh. present matters. Basically, um, <clears throat> there's a reason why we still are interested in listening to Beethoven. Nobody's forcing you to buy a hundred euro ticket and go listen to Beethoven Symphony, right? You do this because, or some people do it because there's something to it that is eternal, that's understandable, that is um, beyond all the language uh, barriers or any kind of time barrier. It still survived. And there is a reason for it because there is something eternal to it that will always speak to some people uh, and th th it has a certain value and then another thing that also has just as much value but it is just simply different is things that you create exactly in that moment and you take you pretty much squeeze the lemon because you are you have the lemon that was given to you and it's going to rot tomorrow and it didn't exist yesterday so you squeeze it out and you get the juice because you simply can and it just you, it will make your life so much more tolerable and colorful and much more pleasant because 
otherwise it is very difficult to live even if you have the best life you still are in agony and pain and self-doubt and you just it's painful to be alive and these lemons are important to squeeze when they're exactly ready ripe and you squeeze them so I, this is how this is the exactly the part what i said in my understanding that comes through things like when you really uh when you have a conversation which you didn't expect happening or when you go out on the street and you see some colors and shapes and you put them all on the wall in colorful murals or you improvise in an instrument or a sound in an instrument shop whereas there is eternal some eternal understanding and truth that that the this this uh, uh like math this is why I, why I gave the the example and it has actually nothing to do with with the person who put this together you know it's not Bach or Beethoven and lots of people also famously say that I didn't really do anything I just heard it or it just came to me and I produced it so I feel bad about taking credit for it mm-hmm. and that's the another one this is the one that I feel like classical music is channeling through uh, and and some writers also touched upon it and and some techniques of drawing and visual art which which is uh, talking about eternal issues or expressing eternal issues it's not that their purpose is that it's just it's just going to live through because we also need that because we are in the end also in a way eternal we don't disappear we happen we have eternal and present moments we're like a great combination of this and they are both don't exclude each other and just as worthy of each other so maybe from this point of view if one would look for example you can repeat your question about improvising to andy mm-hmm. and i think i want to to go to to another direction because um what is art and in our case um, mostly music capable of um of telling or changing. So yesterday we we talked about um, what is happening to a society now. And it was kind of a joke with the microphone to go to people and um, to, to ask uh, what do you think about the current situation. Um, but there, there, <laughs> there was the guy in the, uh, in the cafe um, who answered really seriously and yeah. said something like, um, the, the world is going crazy and... Yeah. Um, so the the reason why I do this project is to find out what we as artists can do to um, to help society or, or the, the crazy world to um, to stay uh, a place to live pleasantly. Um, so, what is the question? <laughs> um, yeah, let, let's leave it that big. So. What, How do you see the situation? So what, what, what is the, the biggest problems we, we have to face? Mm. And if you want, you, you can directly combine it with the question, um, how can music help to change this? Mm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert on what the biggest problems are of the current time, but I mean, it's, I think it's quite obvious to everyone that it's really a crazy time. Like the guy said in the cafe, I think he was right mm-hmm. <laughs> about diagnosis. But I mean, so many people are big thinkers and philosophers who think about this question that I feel like I'm not really capable of giving this big um, topic a appropriate answer. But mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there's some really big big issues the world is facing at the moment 
And um, one of them is, is the climate issue, for example. Another one is like the, you know, how rich and poor are getting further away from each other as, as more time, time passes. And uh, so I think, I mean, the role of music can be anything. I mean, it can be very political. Like I always like it when bands go out there and um, w with a political message, because I think it's, yeah, it's, it's important yeah, to, to be a part of it also with the music. I mean, not saying that it has to be, but it's cool if, if a band goes out there and, and has a political message included in the music and but also i think music itself is just in general a very positive contribution to society because i mean it has positive effects on people and it also it it brings people together in in the process of music making people from different backgrounds you know so I think, yeah, music is a very positive um, contribution to society facing all these issues in general. Yeah, that's how I see it. So is it about uh, the stage you have as a musician and the ability to reach many people at the same time, time in a positive context? Or is it even more? I'm not sure. Yeah, that, that's one, one part of it, of course, yeah. I guess the more people you can reach, the, the stronger the impact is you can have. Yeah. I mean, speaking about myself, I don't have a big impact on society or people because I'm not a very famous musician, you know. So, but it's only in small um, steps to bring out something nice for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but what I think what is very special about music is um, that it can channel to the place where personal change is possible because it's um, you can get a really honest emotional connection and I think also there's a big responsibility because there are people who use music to 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 point to from my view wrong directions um, so it's like not only The, the impact by how many people you reach, but also the impact by how deeply you can reach out to people. Mm. Uh, but what do you think about the situation and music? Um, I think, I mean, as you said, it's also a very big question, very general question. There are some people who professionally make themselves like busy with this. So I, I think the easiest way I can say it is that how I see it is um, that we are kind of, uh, each one of us at any age, at any time in life, we have, let's say, like a, a little a little tiny, cute little ball inside that lives in between the brain and the stomach and the heart. And, and depending on what kind of genetic history you had or what kind of life experience you had now or whatever is in your past or what, it's it just, it, it, it in the core has some kind of color to it if if and and depending on what kind of abilities you have in life this color affects what you do so let's say inside of you this little ball 
is full of fear and is so afraid because it carries so much trauma. And let's say you were lucky to be born as a heir to billions of uh, money of some currency. And then you... you uh, what I find as, as a problem is that mostly whenever we... Uh, whenever we're in such situation, or let's say in, in, in all such cases, I see the majority of people would, instead of looking inside and seeing, oh, what is sitting in my stomach, they would go out and actually use their abilities um, to find the solution outside. It can be through, uh, if you don't, if you, if you have inside, uh, let's say some kind of, a, again, like a really hurt, something is very hurt inside of you and you don't have any abilities, you go out and you try to have control over, uh, other situations such as abusing your family or your kids or your own self. It doesn't even have to be, you could be a very nice hearted person, but you still be saying, Oh, I don't feel very good sitting at home. I should go out and have a beer. And that happens over and over and over again and then with 75 years old you're the most disappointed person with yourself and with your life so and you haven't done much nor, nor to yourself neither to to for the world so i think this i see as the biggest problem at the moment is that we always look for some solutions because we feel like there's something is not right something is there's there is no person, or let's say it's very rare, I'm sure in your experience also, that you would ask somebody, like you would hold them by the hand and you would say like, but how are you really? <laughs> what are your problems? How are you feeling? For sure they will give you a big list of whatever mm. is wrong with them because mm. they will feel like they're opening up to you. So their, their main opening up will be probably about how difficult it is this and that and how much they had this in the, in the past and then it's affecting their future and so on. So everybody has some kind of discomfort. But to solve this, they choose mostly... Not the not not or let, uh, not the reflection. For, not the reflection. It's mostly looking for external in in external ways, or they choose just to suffer through it rather than to solve. Because solving it is, of course, you need power, you need m motivation, and and um, you know this is what I find the most biggest problem. This is where we, I'm sure, ha uh, most of our problems come from with with whatever how the military is being handled, how the governments mm. are built, how we handle the economy, how we handle capitalism, socialism, communism, how all of these, how we handled Bible. This is so embarrassing. If you would tell it to any alien, how, how could you not have a red face? Or he would be saying like, "This is such a good book. This is such a good uh, political system. This is such a good economical system. How could you?" Uh, F this up, you know? Mm -hmm. How is that possible? And we'd be like, yeah, because <laughs> we sit at home, it hurts in the heart, and so we go out and we do damage. And this is what I find is the biggest problem at the moment. And I think music in this case is not so much, um, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily, it is definitely helps, but I don't think it's what its aim or its purpose. Music is in the end, is something that suddenly in our lives help us to get in touch with this little ball inside, with whichever color it is. And we suddenly have a magnifying glass, glass, or it could be a kaleidoscope, or it could be just a, some kind of um, channel uh, through which we suddenly be in touch with this thing that belongs to us like nothing else can belong to us. It's the most our thing in our lives. And um, we suddenly feel like we can touch it or at least reach to it and this is why I think it's more like a parallel going magnifying glass to humanity rather than something that 
um, helps or saves it. Maybe not saves it, but but yeah, I guess it helps and saves it, but it's not its purpose. It's there because we just need some kind of channel to to reach our stomach and and heart and and I think uh, it's it just um, if we put it in very practical um, practical way to answer your question. The way to put it in is to be to make it mandatory for any kind type of education. It should be in every single person's life as a tool. It's just a, a tool that every person needs to have available to them. Whether they use it or not is another thing. But this is how I think it could help and should help. Mm -hmm. So music lessons don't have to be... Yeah, let, let, let's have a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, very beautiful. But one question to it. Um, the music lessons, or to, to put it higher in education and in the priority in society, is it about having more people making music themselves? Or is it, um, in quotation marks, um, enough to listen to music actively and um, get calm and get this connection? Is there a difference? I think it's more about like what I said about the music shop. It should should be there. Mm -hmm. Kids are all I all kids are sensitive to sound. Actually, interesting fact I found out that when we're born, there are only two things that we have we fear of as a newborn child: from falling. If we feel like we fall, uh -huh. we're going to be scared, and the sound. If there's a loud sound, we'll react. But otherwise, there's no fear. That means we react to sound much more than anything else. And every child is curious about sound. So I think if a child is surrounded by things that make sound and they're allowed to play with them and touch them and, and somehow experiment with them, they don't necessarily, they might not necessarily need musical education. There are so many geniuses who didn't even, they don't, it's not that necessary. I think just necessity is just to surround them with possibilities to create a sound and allow them to do so. And then if they're curious themselves, they will come to you and they will say to you, I need to produce this more. And I've been working a lot with kids since I'm a teenager. I've been teaching all people all ages. And I always see when they're allowed they see the power of it because it's so beautiful to play with this little ball inside of yourself. And they would absolutely come and say, I need more education, so give it to me. I don't think it's something that should be forced. They should just be surrounded by by um, some, you know, music, playing, not playing, live music, live sounds, natural sounds, and sound-making stuff that they can, they're allowed to touch and play and, and break and fix. Is there something, um, I want to ask you first, Andy, um, is there something music can do, other forms of art can't do in this way? So could it also be drawing? I think so, yeah. I think it's all about like really feeling some truth in it in a way, very in an intense way, you know. And I guess you could find that in any art, I think, you know. If you read a book that you can deeply connect with, for example... And you feel like you are in the, you know, in the head of the author who is going through a certain situation and you can, yeah, um, resonate with that strongly. I think it does exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's more about this feeling that you have when you are in contact with music or art or literature. Yeah, I think any art can do that mm -hmm. to give a short answer. Yeah. 
And what do you think is the the thing which is stopping people from getting this connection through art? Because you you said, um, uh, Sabine, that it's a problem that many people don't get a connection to this uh, little ball in, inside. Um, yeah, I ask you too. What, what is stopping people? I think we are very overwhelmed at, at the current situation with a lot of things like. Um, technology moved on so fast, for example, in the last, in the, in the last maybe 10, 20 years that I think a lot of people feel very disconnected to themselves because I mean, so much distraction out there, you know, and that can be, um, yeah, very concrete technical developments like the internet, like the devices we use and how we use them. I think you can disconnect people from themselves very strongly so i think that's what's what's um what's happening in that sense yeah and a way to find back for example would be to like a moment of of silence for example or just you know be without your phone for a day for example mm -hmm. that's considered a, a luxury now like the the who are the people you know who don't use smartphones You know, like there's really very few people who, who do that and, and they do it very actively and consciously because they want, they know what it does to us and they want to, I think, you know, have clear thoughts, don't be um, too distracted by it and feel connected to themselves. So I think that plays a, a big role about like how the world is going crazy at the moment, you know, mm -hmm. we are bombarded with information And the, the relation of um, facts, information and truth is also very strange at the moment, right? So, for example, algorithms are there to, to trigger some emotions in us, right? Mm -hmm. And they are just there to, to create emotions, to make us use certain devices or products more. So in that, in that picture, that's... Um, basically disconnecting people from their natural feeling about themselves, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I would add, um, I agree to it, of course, everything you say is just, you know, it's clear right there. Uh, one, one cannot not agree with this. I would add to it that I think the reason why this is happening so easily is that by nature, most of us are kind of, have this um, necessity of following somebody's lead. You know, we are this kind of species, I guess, when we lived for a long time like that. We live in groups and we need a leader who tells us what to do because we are a bit of, like, we are mostly afraid of taking the responsibility of our own decisions. I'm going to go start a company and I believe in this, but I'm very scared to do it. So I will just sit at home and I will just go and get a job at somebody else's. Mm -hmm. company and most of us have this fear and I think the current situation current um, powerful entities or people absolutely understand that we are completely panicking constantly people humans and they take a little bit of advantage of this they tell us what to do and it's much more calming and relaxing for us when somebody else makes the decision and we follow it rather than sit down and make our own um, 
So this is why we're told, you know, to go to the school and then to get a job and then to get married and to have babies at a certain age. There's always an expectation and trust and or try, try not doing that. You immediately feel excluded or judged or and you don't want to have that. And there are people who resist that, but they're by nature very strong or something happened or whatever. They're just at the moment still unfortunately exceptions. But we, I think we all have that inside of us. And, and um, this is why, you know, it's just um, feels like mostly um, a shame that so much is going to waste. But I think that's why, why the reason is, is what, what's, what's happening. Why, why there's a wall between something or why are we not re reaching out to our insides more is because it's scary and it's much easier when somebody else tells you mm -hmm. what you should like, what you should buy, what you should do. Mm -hmm. And um, and we surrender to it. Uh, and, and if we don't like it, then we go somewhere else where somebody else tells us what we should do, mm -hmm. but he's doing a better job maybe. But God forbid, it is scary <laughs> to tell yourself what to do and, mm -hmm. and to get up and do it. It's lots of discipline and lots of hard work and lots of disappointment. It's yeah, hard. It's, it's scary. It also, is scary. You can yeah. fail and of course scared of failing and yeah. yeah and you try and sometimes you get so traumatized that you don't want to try it anymore yeah. so the people we all know a person who succeeded in that and we know always look at that and say like yeah i could have done this much but that much i could not have done probably they're usually exceptions but they exist and we see that they have some kind of drive that is not very common among everyday um uh, you know, ever an average person, but mm -hmm. but I think that's coming because it's some certain awakening is coming also through technological age, which I guess is the advantage of having access to much more information and being much more connected to people that we would have never otherwise been connected. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I was just talking to somebody in Lapland who is <laughs> telling me about some hiking trails like how <laughs> could I have had this information <laughs> of an yeah. insider who is from there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and telling me about this wondrous, miraculous thing happening, such as the Northern Lights, such a beautiful thing. So it makes my life somehow better. Um, so we, 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 we do have some awakening coming up where we say, you know what? I'm not going to sit at home. I'm going to go and watch the Northern Lights <laughs> because um, because it's possible and I'm allowed and I'm a human and I might not be able to afford it or I, it might be scary, but I could do it. And a lot of things are happening. So lots of different food consumption ways or sports or reading or, you know, people read a lot, listen to lots of classical music, do lots of healthy things. We just, you know, making fun of the people who do yoga is uh, one thing. But on the other hand, it makes <laughs> them healthy it's good it's it a great is. thing so i'm not even making all, fun of that <laughs> yeah no. i'm actually one of them so uh, making not fun but it's it itself and uh, so i think um, we have probably much more chance to open and allow music and art to come in and mm -hmm. to touch and caress our painful three heads uh than before One one question relating to how you started. Um, we we were talking about how scary it is to to take own decisions, and I agree. Um, would you agree that improvisation and creating art is a good training for releasing that fear and come into doing? Yeah, definitely. Perfect I mean, question. yeah, it is. Short answer is yes. <laughs> And that's, of course, because um, 
you always have to take a risk and it's always about um, the, the possibilities to fail when you really improvise. I mean, a lot of um, improvised music that has this um, label improvised music on it is not actually improvised. It is using certain structures and, um, you know, playing something that you practiced in a certain way, for example, you know, but really improvising and being in the moment and um, daring steps that you haven't done before, that is exactly what we're talking about in that context. So that is the perfect training, yeah, because you risk something and you might just, um, if you have a great moment, then it might just work out beautifully and you might enter spaces that you haven't before. And, you know, if it doesn't, it can fail. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it, if it fails, it doesn't destroy It just doesn't give yeah. any, any anything to it, but it doesn't take anything. Exactly, yeah. and that's that's, that's what you can learn from from failing. I guess is that it's not so. It's not a big deal, you know. Mm -hmm. You try it in a different way next time. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So it's perfect training. Yeah, definitely. Marked. Anything Marked to add head. to this? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm very happy for this question. <laughs> I def, and I definitely, mm. it's just once again, I guess, is an affirmation to that to my next plan where I'm going to be mm. exploring that about myself, which I'm mm. very looking forward to after what you said. Nice. Um, there was one quote I, I heard uh, by Luisa Neubauer, who made Fridays for Future Bake in Germany. And she was asked why she did this, why she took this effort. And then she, again, quoted um, the question. She asked herself, so if, if you look back on your life, when you're an old person, when, you're, uh, when you know it's going to end, how do you want to have used or dealt with your responsibilities and your possibilities? So we're asking ourselves when we're dying... How we would have used... So you, you just imagine yeah. the, the person looking... So you yourself looking back on your life uh, and asking, did I, did I deal right with my possibilities and responsibilities? I have no idea how to answer that. <laughs> I somehow think maybe the question carries some value to it but mm -hmm. i don't think it's the right way to think about it because mm -hmm. it is double hypothetical which is <laughs> it's just senseless <laughs> it sounds to me there's a more easy way to ask it and that's um who do you want to have been it's still hypothetical but a bit yeah simpler um i personally find it irrelevant to anything <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> I think I think it's I find this question an an irrelevant question to any worth. Mm -hmm. That's my answer. Do you have a better question in this direction? But wait, let's see Andy maybe mm -hmm. we'll have say. Yeah, some, maybe something. we can keep this. Yeah, I'm also not sure about this. Like, like I said, I don't know how to answer this. But I think like of of course we all want to make good use of our situation and um, how do you say um, I think we are we're lucky the way we were born into this world I mean compared to a lot of other people um, so the situation we were born in is quite um, it's a wealthy situation you know it's uh, 
I, I never had um, war in my life, for example, and stuff like this. So if you see a lot of people from other places in the world, I think we can consider ourselves very lucky in that sense. And um, but I don't really, um, I don't really know how to answer um, how we would reflect on our lives when we're old and if we made if we made the right choices. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of um, doing it and I guess you can feel while doing it if if it's the right way to go or not. At some point if you go, if you have a lot of um wrong choices that you did you will feel very disconnected. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's that's my approach to it. So it's an improvised approach. Yeah, it's like you go <laughs> go and and do and at some point you feel if you if you constantly made the wrong choices I think, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's something that everyone, I think, asks themselves. And then you have to be honest enough to answer mm-hmm. in an honest way. Yeah, I think if we could, we would. So whatever we're doing is exactly what we should be doing. So you think like destiny and stuff like that? It's not that I think, and I don't wouldn't use the word destiny, but I have come to think and to feel and to see by literally like tested mathematics almost where you know you you sit at home and you know you're supposed to be practicing but instead you're on tv and watching just nothing not doing anything it's not just as simple as oh i should just get up and practice and i'm being making the bad decision and i'm going to be thinking about this later because i spent 45 years doing that uh in the deathbed i will think oh, i should have watched less gray's anatomy or whatever it is <laughs> I think wasting time is a great thing to do as well. But that's what I wanted to say, is that there is a reason why you sit and watch Grey's Anatomy and there is a reason why your neighbor is sitting and practicing. It's not as simple as, oh, I should have just moved my ass. It doesn't work like this. Mm -hmm. There are certain motivations for different things and we are filled with so much information and once again, it's all in the stomach or in the heart or in this little ball. It's all there. So if you are uncomfortable and you think that you should be somebody else... Then, then you will be someone else. It's the end of this is this is basically the. There is no such the default about your in yourself is always movement. You always move. You're never standing. So if you every day choose to watch TV over doing something else, there must be a reason or a motivation. And and if you feel uncomfortable about it, then you will change it. It's the end of story. There cannot be that you're uncomfortable for 45 years watching TV and not having practice. It's not going to happen. It will only happen if you're comfortable with this. And if you're comfortable watching TV for 45 years then then good for you you must have had a great life and you when you're dying you're not going to regret it so i think this is why i don't find the sense in the question because i think it is supporting the whole understanding of we should be doing something else which mm-hmm. i don't believe in and i have seen a uh, life has proven to me the opposite all the time mm-hmm. and and uh, this is why i don't don't find the question Uh, Yeah, but what I like about the question is that it is uh, capable of um, opening inspiration and maybe some wishes about uh, where to look next. Um, For example, um, the answer would be, I want to have been improvising music in my life. It can give you motivation in this moment to go towards improvising. 
So it's it's kind of a workaround which can open different ways of thinking. Okay, so yeah. for you it's more like you imagine yourself in that situation and then making a a, a step maybe that you wouldn't have done if you maybe. didn't uh, think about this like that. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's possible, but maybe not at the same time because I also believe. So I, I want to add one perspective to to what you said, what matches very good. I think uh, I think even if you made a mistake in one moment you mostly or you always did the best you could according to the possibilities and the experience you have uh, so this mistake had to happen if you take everything which is around all the possibilities all the surrounding it was just this mistake had to happen and so it's good to learn from it but it's doesn't make sense to think back how, how how it could have been possible to avoid it. Is that a, a similar direction to, yeah. to what you think? Yes, I think so. Yeah. And actually on this note, I would like to ask you a question, yes, if please. I may. So you are a person who is also pretty much living, first of all, your living situation is very different than majority of people. Mm -hmm. You're very mobile with, with your living. And also you are currently working on a project already dedicated to it for a couple of months that is bringing people together so something can come out of it which is also very nice and it's definitely reaching out towards this you know ball where lots of things are happening inside now from your perspective what is it that you think that could be changed or have you already encountered somebody who really managed to or are you a person like that yourself who wants to have this change happening or contribute to this kind of change to make this more kind of better or tolerable or the, the change that you were talking about, how music can change the world for the better. Do you see it already happening? Is this your intention to do or have you already seen this at work through your travels and your projects? Mm -hmm. um, so one thing I found out about the power of music that I didn't learn by learning my instrument uh, at the university was the power to get a very honest connection quite fast to many different people. So maybe that's the strongest thing that I experienced and that I decided to use myself with the music. So for example, I was traveling, coming to a city and I didn't know how to connect. I didn't know how to How to even start a conversation because at one moment after three days not talking to somebody it's hard to to make the start because you are afraid of failing and this fear gets very strong and then there was the chance to to play some music so there was a session and I still was very uncomfortable because I don't feel like I'm very good in improvisation But I decided, okay, I, I have to do it. And so I, I was standing on the stage and uh, playing a blues and it was kind of okay. And afterwards there were the, the whole band and many people from the audience were very open to get into exchange about what we think, about our wishes and whatever. So it's, it's a very strong shortcut. And I'm a person who wants to collect many different bits and pieces like we did yesterday I think um, 
because I think they always connect to something. And yeah, that's the way how I do it with this project. So music is like a tool. The music is my instrument. You actually asked us this question, but you didn't answer it yourself. Did you already have a picture, a sound picture of where the piece is going that we did together as we were collecting all these sounds? Um, there was some moods. So you, you are talking about uh, the music now, c- yes, concretely? Yes, now I just kind of, because you were also talking about, you know, how you c- connect with the people and what you like doing and collecting. And I just wanted to uh, quickly uh, take back that and bring that and, and see what your answer is to this question, because you also produced something within a very short time. Yeah. It's very listenable, almost danceable even. <laughs> so uh, did, you already, did you kind of, in this case or in general, when you do these projects, when we walk around town or we, if we would have been sitting in a room, do you already have a direction set where it's going or is it really like how, how does that come together in your head? Now, as you said, you like really collecting the things. Yeah. So one thing I'm I'm learning by doing it like this is that there's always a bigger pitch picture where everything comes together. So it's, it's building the trust that is there. Um, so I didn't know a lot about how it would fit together. I had some feelings about what could fit together. For example, the sounds from the streets of Vienna going into the monochord sound. So there's some connections already now, like a, a puzzle game. And you know, okay, those parts fit together mm-hmm. and those and those. Um, but the rest of it is trust. Trust in improvisation and in... I also don't want to take uh, to, to use the word destiny, but yeah. So it will connect somehow. Maybe because it's from the same space or it's because it's from the same bigger picture and it's interconnected anyways. All right. Okay. So Sabina has to call the dude. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I want to say thanks for having us be part of this whole thing. Yeah. Thank you very very much. It was absolutely a great memory to remember when we're going to (laughs) die. Yeah, thank you very much from my side for for the trust and to take the risk to go in and yeah, I'm happy to 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 keep in touch maybe and Absolutely. see where our journey is going. And and, and uh, wishing you all the best encounters on your future travels and we'll definitely be following whatever is going to be doing in the next places. Thanks, same to yes. you. I really hope you liked the interview and got inspired by it. If you want to follow the journey to get all the stories and music, please follow on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook and have a look on getnext.to slash IntuberWild. That's my blog. In one week, I will release the Song of Vienna, which I created together with Sabina and Andy. I will tell something about how we made it, how we got inspired and where and how we found the sounds and the piano. I would be really happy if you follow or subscribe the podcast to help me to reach more and more people with the work I do together with musicians from all over Europe. Thanks a lot, have a great week and please tell your family, your friends and colleagues about the project. Ciao!